0: Good morning. As we gather today, as the church, as God's church, and as we listen to God's Word, I was praying and was pondering how, you know, a year and a half ago, when I was ordained at the cathedral, how I, you know, laid prostrate on the cathedral floor. And in doing that, I basically was saying to you, the church, I love you. Because in in laying my life down on that cathedral floor and being ordained into the sacred priesthood of Jesus Christ, I become, for you, a visible sign of God's spousal love. See, the church is the bride of Christ, right? The church is the bride of Christ and Jesus is the bridegroom. And I, being ordained into the priesthood of Jesus, am allowing Jesus to continue throughout each age and generation to say to each of you as His bride, as the church, I love you. And every priest from all of time and from the beginning, from the Last Supper, to from the twelve apostles up until this day, this is what the priesthood is about. It's God's big I love you to all generations and all ages. So therefore, I lay my life down. Meaning it's not about me. The church isn't about me. It's not even about you. It's about giving God glory, giving God praise. How does the church give God glory and give God praise? We give God glory and give God praise by living out our baptismal calling. See, at one point, wherever it was in whatever church it was, you were all held over that baptismal font and water was poured on your head, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And Lent is a time to remember our baptism. It's a time to remember who we are. You are born into a new life of grace through baptism. The church is your mother. The baptismal font is actually the womb of the church. Just like the water breaks, right? And then the baby comes, right? When the water breaks, that means here comes the baby. Well, it's same with baptism. The waters of baptism is where the new babies are born. The new children of God that each one of you are. We're born out of the womb of Mother Church, the baptismal font. And so, Lent, as we enter it, is a time to recall, if you will, we probably don't remember if we were babies, but just to remember the idea that we were born again. Through the grace and waters of baptism, through the Holy Spirit, you were born again. So how does the church give glory to God? We give glory to God by living out our baptismal promises. By living out our call to love, In good times and bad, in sickness and health, in rich and poor, until death do us parts, we give God glory by being faithful to our baptismal vows. Well, if that's how we give God glory, and that's the purpose of our lives as men and women, to give God glory and praise, then that means each and every one of us need to understand that our call to holiness isn't apart from... Our identity as male and female. Your souls, enriched, beautified, empowered with the divine life of grace that God gives us at baptism, is meant to be expressed, given, and shared through your humanity, through your body. So the way women live out holiness and the way men live out holiness is different. Grace becomes visible. The Word becomes incarnate through men and women differently. Men give glory to God by embracing their masculinity and becoming good husbands and good fathers. Women give glory to God by embracing their femininity and becoming good wives and mothers. And both call calls to holiness as male and female, as man and woman, as wife and husband, as mother and father. Both calls are lived out from the altar. Just as I laid my life down on the cathedral floor, every man and woman in here lay their lives down on the altar. Because that's where we hear the words, this is my body given up for you. This is my blood poured out for you. If you want to experience the glory of God and the power of God, and the majesty and beauty of God. Live the Eucharist. Live the Mass. And the catch is is it's impossible to live the Mass without the Mass. We can't live out our call as male and female to holiness without being empowered by divine grace. And where does grace come from? The church. Jesus poured Himself into His bride, the church, filled her and impregnated her with divine life, of which you were born into this new life, through baptism. And so in our first reading today, we hear it said, See, now I'm establishing My covenant with you. God wants to establish a covenant with you. And how did He do that? He did that by sending His Son, the Father sent His Son Jesus, to establish a new covenant. A contract. You know, many of you know you work right in the world. A contract is an exchange of goods and services. A covenant is an exchange of persons. When I laid my life down on that cathedral floor... And when you were baptized, or when you were married, you gave yourself to God, and God gave Himself to you. A covenant is an exchange of persons. When you come up to communion, there's not an exchange of goods and services happening. There's an exchange of persons happening. God gives Himself to you, and you give yourself to God. There's a holy communion. So God's saying, now... See, I am now establishing a covenant with you. And so when you were baptized, God established a covenant with you. And He invites us to live out this covenant. Now we know that in the beginning, obviously, there was a lot of breaking of these covenants with God. A lot of breaking of the covenant relationship with God. And so, God says, I will establish My covenant with you that never again shall all bodily creatures be destroyed by the waters of the flood. There shall not be another flood to devastate the earth. And then in the second reading, listen, it says, Noah, during the building of the ark, in which a few persons, eight in all were saved, through water. That means a lot of people weren't saved. So the ark... The ark is the church. And Moses, the father figure, you call me father. Even though you're 80 or 90, you call me father. And you call me father because in the order of the Spirit, I'm your spiritual father. Not by nature, but by grace, I'm your father in grace. And you call me father. So, Noah, not Moses, Noah, Noah built this ark, and he called all the people, "Get in the ark! The flood's coming. Get in the ark!" And some people were like laughing at him, thinking he's crazy or whatever. He's, you know, or Noah, we're kind of fine here. Leave us alone. We're doing well. And Noah's like, "No, get in the ark! The flood's coming." And there was so much moral decay and degradation and corruption in that time that God wanted to save His people. It's better to die in a flood, physically die, and be saved than to live your life in moral decay and decadence and lose your soul. And so God's looking at the salvation of the souls of these people and He's saying, i got to amp up things so that people start to think more about what's going on. And so a flood comes. And a lot of people died in the flood. But it says eight were saved. Those who got in the ark were saved. You and I through baptism come into the church. It's in the church that we receive the grace to live out our call as male and female. To live the Eucharist. To say this is my body given up for you. And so this grace that comes through the church, when you stay in the ark... When you stay in the ark, you start to get the grace and the power. I always say you plug in your soul to God, and He empowers you to live out your humanity. And this call to stay in the ark. You know, we go out in the world, and there's a flood. There's a flood of moral decay now. We see it on the media. We, we see it on the TV all over the place, in the newspapers. We see it everywhere. I just built a website, actually. It's weddingfeastofthelamb.com. And I felt called to build this website because I want to make it a somewhat of a platform where I can continue to reach out and, and minister to you as my bride, as my, my sons and daughters... And on this website, I put a number of things up concerning contraception, sterilization, abortion, pornography. Because we're right now being told by the secular world and the media, and even our government, that these things are health care. We're being told this is a flood. There's a flood, a tidal wave of moral decay. And we need to stay in the ark because... If we don't stay in the ark, we have no grace. If we have no grace, we won't experience the beauty of masculinity and femininity. We won't experience the beauty of being men and women, husbands and wives, moms and dads. We cannot experience the fullness of our humanity without grace. And grace comes in the church. So we've got to stay in the ark, regardless of the huge waves in the ocean and the raging storm of moral Decay that we see all around us and coming through the TV and the papers. We gotta anchor ourselves in truth. And one of the things I'm fasting from during Lent is not speaking up. <laughs> I'm gonna start speaking out. Contraception, sterilization. Abortion. The World Health Organization, the International Agency for Cancer, the EPA, the FDA, the USDA, declares hormonal contraceptions to be a carcinogen. You don't hear that on the radio. You won't hear that on the news. You won't hear that in the papers. But it's women's health care. I just spoke with two young female doctors that are obstetrician, gynecologists, and they were speaking of this reality, and we were talking about it. And I just spoke to a doctor recently who stopped prescribing the pill. Because they told me the definition of health is when all your bodily functions are working properly, all your organs are working properly. So why would I give a, a carcinogen to a woman that's working properly? And the only answer to that question is, our hearts are struggling with self-control. Our hearts are struggling with giving proper direction to our bodies. And if you're human, yes, that's a part of being broken and human. We all struggle with this. But the solution isn't to eliminate the struggle. If I told my football team... You guys are tired. You don't really look like you're ready to practice. We're going to skip a few weeks and the game will come. We'll be all right. We'll practice once or twice. We'll get crushed. We'll get crushed. Contraception is avoiding the struggle that makes me a saint. It's avoiding this is my body given up for you. No. Take this so I don't have to give up my body for you. Take this so that I don't have to say no. And never exercise self-discipline. Pornography. On my website, I just found a graph. 97 billion dollars. Industry. Larger than Google. Larger than Yahoo. Larger than anything. Pornography is going through the roof. Why? Because we're not living out our call as men and women to live the Eucharist. We've stopped. One in four teens have an STD. Teen girls have an STD. That's a problem. We went from three STDs before the pill to 30 plus after the pill. That's a problem. Contraceptions, health care for women. Let me tell you something. The church loves women. I as a father love every woman in here as my daughter And I'm not going to stand back and watch the government and society drown my daughters in this garbage. I am a father. I'm a priest. It's not about what I think and feel. I laid my life down. It's about what truth is. And truth is hard. This is a hard message. I know a lot of Catholics use contraception. You know, it's just struggle for all of us. But the point isn't to throw out the teaching of the church, but let it challenge us. Let it challenge you. Let it challenge me. You know, just because I'm a priest doesn't mean I don't struggle with my sexuality in a sense of trying to direct my desires. I'm broken just like y'all. And we all need to plug into the Eucharist weekly and daily and pray and go to confession and work on this together as a family So that we can respect each other as God created us to be respected. So a Lenten sacrifice I'm going to challenge you all with. It says, the Spirit drove Jesus into the desert and He remained in the desert. The desert is where you're going to find your call as male and female to lean on God's grace and to live the Eucharist. And Lent's a time where we fast from those selfish desires and inclinations that lead to reckless, promiscuous behavior. Again, all the numbers point to it. And we have a time. This is our time. This is your time to live in this world right now God gave us this time. We can rise up as a church or we can sit back and watch the floods destroy our whole culture. we got a choice to make. Is it easy? No. Jesus never uses that word. He says, take up your cross and follow me. And it's not going to be easy. So if this message is hard to hear, it's hard for me to hear at times as well. It's not easy for me to stand up here and, and talk about this. But it has to be talked about as a father. I just can't stand back anymore and watch this happen. And so I love you. And I'm encouraging you during Lent. Talk to your spouse. Crush the pills, throw them away, take off the patch, throw all your devices away. Learn natural family planning. On my website, I have a whole bunch of stuff about where you can learn more about natural family planning. And it's just as effective. The only difference is, in natural family planning, you learn to respect the way God made men and women. And you learn to grow in that through self-constraint, self-restraint. constraint, self And the other way is, is, you don't have to ever say no. Well, when I don't say no to alcohol, I call that addiction. When I don't say no to shopping or food, that's promoting addiction. So our culture, through this flood of contraceptive mentality, is promoting a culture of addiction. And it's evident in all the numbers, statistically across the board. But you won't hear or see any of this from the secular media. So, when you're in the ark here, I thought it was important to talk about So y'all could kind of hear it in the ark, because out there there's so much stuff going on that the Catholic Church is all of a sudden against women's health care. Baloney. So, please open your hearts to this message. It's hard. Let it challenge you. Let, let yourself feel uncomfortable by this message. I'm, I'm uncomfortable by it. But praise God, because if we were always comfortable, we aren't going to grow. If my football players are like, you guys look uncomfortable, you know, we won't do any more practice. That's crazy. We need self-discipline at work. We need self-discipline at school. We need self-discipline In every area of life, but for some reason when it comes to living out our sexuality as God designed it, we throw out all the discipline. And we wonder, you know, we can always say you can make a salad and take more time and use organics, or you can eat McDonald's every day. Eat McDonald's every day, guess what? Your life expectancy goes way down. Eat salad and work, it takes more time and discipline and effort maybe to get the right foods. But, and it's not as, always as tasty, but when you eat it, you know, down the road you're like, thank God I ate the salad and not McDonald's every day. And so <laughs> I compare contraception and natural family planning as McDonald's is to the salad, so is contraception and natural family planning. So let's work on eating some good food in our spiritual life. And again, Our spiritual life in our souls isn't isolated from our bodies. We're a body and soul composite as human beings. So what happens in your soul is going to be expressed through your body. So if you don't know the truth in your soul, you're going to express that lie through your body. So let's ask God to feed us with truth so we can live out the Eucharist. So, I as your father, as a priest, Say to each of you, I love you.
1: Sometimes I much life go by sitting on the beach, of, but I've never been left alone any. Times when things were dark and I've been known to miss the mark, but someone fixed my aim. Sometimes. Come my way If I make it, I'm a good man Am I a bad man if I fail? I know I'm never good enough So I let grace prevail Oh, I've never been left alone in any a problem that I've known Even though I'm to blame Dark, and I've been known to miss the mark but someone fixed my